Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is DJ Martin, one of the pastors here at Parker Ford Church, and welcome to our ongoing series, midweek teaching series on the Bible called Regarding Scripture. Hopefully you've been tracking with us uh, through this. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's teaching from uh, Pastor Dave, it was uh, it's worth listening to. He wrestles through uh, how do we read the Bible in a postmodern world? We've been talking about all kinds of stuff uh, regarding the Bible, regarding scripture throughout the series. What's the Bible's purpose? Where did it come from? How do you read the Bible? How do you interpret the Bible? How do you study the Bible? How are we meant to be formed by the Bible? Where did the Old Testament come from? Where did, where did the New Testament come from? Really important uh, questions, really, that every uh, Christian, every follower of Christ should be wrestling through because we believe that the word of God is authoritative and that it actually uh, reveals who he is and his will uh, to us. And so hopefully you've been gleaning some new uh, new tools, learning some new, new things throughout the series. Uh, we only have a couple weeks left in this series, and then we're going to take a break for the rest of the, the summer, and then we'll relaunch uh, midweek teachings in the fall after we kind of uh, take a break and get some new stuff ready. Today, what I want to talk about is um, the story of the Bible being a unified story that culminates and points forward and finds fulfillment in Jesus. So the Bible uh, being all about Jesus is what we're talking about today. And if you uh, have followed the Bible project at all, then you've probably heard this phrase that the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. So Tim Mackey is the scholar. Uh, John Collins is his partner. Uh, they're these brilliant dudes who uh, have just been found an amazing way to teach the Bible. If you haven't checked out the BibleProject.com, stop this video, go check out BibleProject.com. Uh, but they often say uh, kind of their tagline is the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus, which is just a really concise, precise, uh, beautiful way of, of illustrating. And I think getting to the point of what I want to talk about today. Now, uh, while that phrase may be something that they made up, this idea of the Bible as a unified story from Genesis to Revelation that leads to Jesus. Uh, that's not an original thought for them. In fact, Christians have always maintained this to be true, and you can find it uh, in lots of places. So another example of this would be uh, the popular uh, Jesus Storybook Bible. This is the Bible we hand out to families at baby dedications here at PFC. And look at the tagline. Uh, if, you're, if you're watching the video, look at the tagline of uh, Sally Lloyd-Jones's uh, Children's Bible. The tagline is, every story whispers his name. And if you've ever read the, the Jesus Storybook Bible, uh, it's definitely worth reading. The illustrations are beautiful. It's a really creative way of walking through the Bible. I think it's by far my favorite children's Bible. Uh, to read my own kids, but I, um, every single story in there sort of explicitly, and that's okay. It's a book for children, but explicitly uh, points like, how does this story point forward to Jesus? If it's in the old Testament or point back to him, if it's in the new Testament after the gospels. Now the Bible is more subtle. Like uh, the scriptures themselves are more subtle and not as explicit as uh, the tact that Sally Lloyd Jones takes. But again, that's okay. Like it's a book for children. So it's teaching them a skill. Um, so Michael uh, Bird's book, Seven Things I Wish Christians Knew About the Bible. This is one of the books that, that we've been referencing throughout the series. And he actually talks about the storybook Bible in his chapter uh, on this point. He says, Lloyd Jones tapped into an important conviction that Christians have about scripture. 
The Christian church has ordinarily maintained that Jesus is indeed the interpretive center of the scripture. I think that's a really important line. Let me say it again. Jesus indeed is the interpretive center of scripture. That obviously holds true in the New Testament, but even the Old Testament should be understood in Christ in a Christ-centered fashion. The whole of scripture either points ahead to Jesus as its fulfillment, as in the Old Testament, or looks back to Jesus as the author and perfecter of our faith, as in the New Testament. There's ample biblical material that makes this abundantly clear. And what I want to do with the remainder of the time today is to uh, show some examples from both the Old Testament and New Testament that teach this. So Luke 24 is after the resurrection, and this story is when Jesus is on the Emmaus Road with two disciples who don't recognize him. And they're grieving the loss of the one that they hoped was Messiah. And Jesus is walking with them and he's teaching them the scriptures. And it says in verse 25, he said to them, that's Jesus, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, so Torah and then everything that follows Torah um, in, in the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, he explained to them, what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So from Genesis, uh, you know, through Malachi, uh, Jesus is walking through the scriptures, explaining how it's all ultimately concerning him. So the first person to truly have a Christ-centered, uh, Christ-focused reading of the Hebrew scriptures was Christ himself. Again, uh, Bird, he says, a central conviction in uh, the Christian understanding of scripture should be that Jesus fulfills what was promised to Israel about the Messiah in the Old Testament, and Jesus remains the primary subject matter of the New Testament. Okay, let's look at a couple more examples of this. I actually want to show um, four different scriptures, how two of them from the Old Testament point forward to Jesus, and two of them point back to Jesus, that, that this story is all really about him. So Genesis 1 uh, the first sentence of the Bible, Proverbs 9, right in the middle-ish of the Hebrew scriptures, John 1, the gospel of John, uh, the first sentence of the gospel of John, and Colossians 1, right at the beginning of this epistle, this letter written by Paul, they all say the same thing. <laughs> they, they're all teaching us uh, about Jesus. Um, now watch this. It's really cool when you put them together. Genesis 1, 1, page 1, sentence 1. In the beginning, before there was anything else, in the beginning, God, the living God, created the heavens and the earth. That creation account goes on to use the plural, let us. It says, let us create light. Let us create earth. Let us create man in our image. Where does that plural come from? Who, who is God talking to? Is he talking to angels? Is he talking to heavenly beings? Who's he talking to? When he says, let us, and when he creates all right, well, Proverbs 9, uh, the author of Proverbs begins, inspired by the Spirit, to get at that. Now, Proverbs 7 is about Lady Folly, and Lady Folly is personified as this person who's calling out to the children of men to lead us astray. And then it switches in Proverbs 8 and 9 uh, to Lady Wisdom. Does not Lady Wisdom, does not Wisdom also cry out? And in chapter 9, there's this amazing description of Wisdom being God's co-creator. So the Lord possessed, and that word in Hebrew uh, can also be translated fathered. Uh, the Lord possessed or was the father of me at the beginning of his work. Again, this is wisdom 
the first of his acts of old, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, notice the rolling creation. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I, that's wisdom, was beside him like a master workman or craftsman. And I, that's wisdom, was daily his delight in relationship with him, rejoicing before him always and rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. In Genesis 1, let us make, let us make, let us make, and then every day, day one, and God saw that it was good. Day two, it was good. Day three, it was good. All the way to the creation of humanity, um, male and female in his image, and it, behold, it was very good. Notice this line. Um, I was with him. This is wisdom. Proverbs 9. I was beside him like a master workman. Let us make and I was daily his delight. It's good. It's Tove rejoicing before him. It's very good rejoicing in the inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. It, behold, it was very good. All right. Now, John in his gospel, it's, it's well known that John is riffing. He's, he's riffing on Genesis 1. Um, and he's playing on Genesis 1 at the beginning of his gospel. But he's also playing on Proverbs 9. Um, it says right at the beginning, page one of, of the gospel of John, sentence one says in the beginning. So in the beginning, God created in the beginning was the word. And that's the Greek word logos, which means wisdom <laughs> in the beginning was the wisdom and the wisdom of God, his living word. God speaks creation into being was with God and the word, the wisdom was God. <laughs> it's not just that wisdom is the separate thing. It's God himself. It's the Trinity. Let us make daily. We were working together, Father, Son, Spirit. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus makes this point himself when he compares himself to wisdom. He says, someone greater than Solomon is here. Someone of more wisdom is here. The very personification of wisdom itself is standing among you. All right. How about an epistle, a letter uh, from the New Testament? Apostle Paul writes, he that's speaking of Jesus, the word of God, the wisdom of God, the logos, he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. In the beginning, God created. God's invisible. You couldn't see him. However, Jesus, born of a woman, taking on the flesh, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. So you can see from Genesis 1 to Proverbs 9, from Torah to wisdom literature, um, to gospel, to epistle, all of scripture is a a, a unified story that culminates, that leads to Jesus. All right, page three of the Bible, Genesis three. Uh, it says, so the Lord God said to the serpent, that's uh, the tempter of Adam and Eve, because you have done this, this is the curse. Cursed are you above all livestock, all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head. You will strike his heel. Uh, we Christians, we Christians have uh, believed from the be very beginning of the faith uh, that that uh, this is talking about Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, the, the offspring of the woman, will crush the head um, even when the serpent, uh, Satan, the deceiver, the dragon, Leviathan, will strike his heel. All right, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is reflecting on the creation story 
and he's reflecting on the story of Jesus and watch how he brings this imagery in. But Christ indeed has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, that's Adam, the resurrection of the dead comes through a man, that's Jesus. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but each in turn Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God, the father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power for he must reign until he has put all his enemies where under his feet, he will strike your heel. Jesus dies, <laughs> but Jesus is raised from the dead, defeating sin, death in the grave and crushing the head of the serpent under his feet. Verse 26, the last enemy to be destroyed is death and the father of death for he has put everything under his feet. All right, last example, uh, Deuteronomy 18. These are the final speeches of Moses before he dies. And Moses as an old man, he says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. <laughs> you must listen to him. All right. Uh, whoever edited Deuteronomy at a later time, uh, the, final, the final version of Deuteronomy is probably well, well after Moses' death. And, and the final editor is looking back at this and, it, and says in verse 10 of cha uh, chapter 34, since then, so looking back on the history of Israel up to that point, since then, there has not been a prophet like Moses. Even though Moses said, the Lord will raise up another prophet like me, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Hebrews chapter 3. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus. We are apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses. So not only did a prophet like Moses arise, a prophet greater than Moses arose, who not only knew God face to face like Moses did, but was himself the image. He is the face of God. He's the image of the invisible God. These are just some examples of how all of the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, and everything in between finds its fulfillment and culmination in the story and person of Jesus. So here's some takeaways. Learn to read the Bible as a unified story from Genesis to Revelation. The more that you can learn we learn to read the Bible as a unified story, the better. Learn to read the Bible as a unified story from Genesis to Revelation, which leads to and culminates in Jesus. Now, there is an interpretive error where we think every single story is about Jesus, because while the whole of scripture is about Jesus, not every single detailed story within the whole of scripture, this huge, complex, ancient book is about Jesus. So, Instead of thinking that every single little thing is explicitly about Jesus, that would be a, a major interpretive error. Learn to interpret the whole of scripture, including Torah, history, Psalms, gospels, epistles, everything with Jesus in mind. So learn to interpret the whole of scripture with Jesus in mind and in view. And I think that's a really healthy approach to take when reading the Bible. Again, check out the Bible Project. They have great teaching on this kind of stuff. And I uh, hope you're enjoying this series. Thanks so much for joining us. Go with God. Have a great day.